0: Hi, I'm Luanne Botta and I'm Marianne Crum. You know, lots of things may be in short supply these days, but hope doesn't have to be one of them. Join us for the next 30 minutes or so, and we'll remind you how you can live with unquenchable hope.
1: everybody we hope for the last couple of weeks you've been encouraged by the scriptures that luann and i have shared that are some of our favorites or yes. some that god has used mm-hmm. most powerfully in our lives and we're going to continue for one more episode today doing that yes. same thing because we just had too many we could do this for, <laughs> yeah, we could do this for every episode the rest of the year <laughs> but we're going to exercise self-control <laughs> and only just do one more on this topic The next one that I wanted to share with you is Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. Mm. And this is one that I think about a lot, especially in the last year or two. But it says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. and. I think I shared on here a while back that there's a really awesome worship song out called Land of the Living, and there's a YouTube video, so... If you get on YouTube and you search for Land of the Living, nice. listen to this worship song. It is amazing. Yeah, Very, very powerful. So I've been giving a little bit of the background when I talk about each verse that I'm sharing. And so the background on Psalm 27, it's one of David's many psalms where he talks about all the trouble that he's getting from his enemies and his adversaries, his false witnesses rising up against him. I mean, this guy, yeah. he was dogged all the time. <laughs> I mean, he may have had had some luxuries of being king, but I wouldn't have traded places with yeah, him because no. there were always people af- always after, after him. him. Right. Yeah. This is one of those verses where he's just kind of pouring out his heart to God and probably wondered sometimes whether he would ever see the goodness of God in yes. the land of the living. And we can all hit that place where it just feels like, come on, God, yeah. I, I can't see anything good anymore yes. in my life or yes. in the world. So the first part of that verse, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. And to despair means that you lost, you have given up, yes. that you are completely without hope. Mm-hmm. So David, he's saying that's, that's where I would have been that's right. if I had not chosen to believe that mm-hmm. you are good and I will see your goodness that's again. Right. He was pretty much at the bottom of the pit. And some, I think
0: despair is the bottom. I agree. Yeah. Yes. He right. Was, despair is. I don't even know where to go past from discouragement. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah. You've
1: already gone past discouragement. Yes. And sometimes, it, right now, in particular, if you're listening to the news, it mm. can look like where did all the goodness go? Yes. You know, is there anything mm. good left in the world? Mm. But God's blessings are all around us, and I I think that's why when I'm counseling with ladies, one of the things I encourage all of them to do is to get that notebook and start their thankful journal. Ah, that's good. Where they are able to recognize that, yes, God's goodness is Mm -hmm. all around us, but we have to choose to look for it. And I keep a journal like that, and just the discipline of having to see his goodness having to look for it because sometimes it's hard it can be hard yeah and i can feel my flesh rising up when i get that journal out especially if i'm in not a great place yeah. i don't want to do this mm-hmm. i don't want to look for blessings <laughs> yeah but there is something supernatural that happens when i make myself do that because yeah. i'll think of a thousand things even basic things, but that's God's goodness. It's theologically, they call that common grace. It's the goodness of God that his children and unbelievers Mm -hmm. all experience. The fact that the sun comes up in the morning, the fact that we have air to breathe, you know, all the things that we take for granted, that is God's goodness. That's right. Because we don't deserve any of it. And I think to me, that's one of the keys is that the more we're aware that we don't deserve Mm the blessings of God, the more that we will be blown away by how good he is and how blessed we really are. I agree. I mean, if we got what we really deserve because of our sin, we would just be in hell right now. Right.
0: And I I agree. And I think that what he was saying there too, and you just said it, he would have been despaired. Yeah. So he would have gotten to that place of that utter disparity, but he believed. He He chose to believe.
1: That's the word that jumped out at me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and I, I think, too, I, I wrote this down in my notes. It's like kids opening Christmas presents. They're so excited about the first one, but then by the last one, they're kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever. You know. And <laughs> yeah. we can get that way about the blessings of God. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that we just take so much for granted, or yes. at least I do. And when I make myself sit down and really think about how blessed I really mm-hmm. am, it mm-hmm. puts things in perspective. No, it does. I don't have that no, blase attitude about it all. Okay, the last part of that verse, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. That's verse 14. Wait means to wait for, expect, look for. Now, this is an interesting thing, and I think we may have talked about this in one of our early, early podcasts that that word wait, the Hebrew root Mm -hmm. of that word means to bind together or to twist like a braid. It's interesting. So the word wait, we think of it as being just like, I'm waiting for the microwave to be done. I'm waiting (laughs) for whatever. We think of it as a time thing. Mm -hmm. But what it really means is that whatever we're waiting for we bind our emotions to that thing yeah, yeah. and so mm, that's good if I bind my thoughts to God and focus on him and on how faithful he's been and his character his names his promises his word mm. all of those things that's how I can stay out of despair that's good so waiting wait, do for you the, get that line again so What's waiting for the Lord is oh, wait, like wait. binding. Our expectations to Him. Yeah, I like that. And again, it can be His character, what yeah. we know about Him. Yes. It can be binding ourselves to, wow, He has come through for me so many times. Yeah or binding ourselves to his blessings around us that we see. I like that. Yeah, I know. It's interesting that looking up wait, and I was looking in the Hebrew, I thought it was just going to say, to wait. But no, everything I looked at said it it really means you're braided together with something. Whatever we're waiting for, we have braided our emotions to.
0: We definitely have braided our emotions to.
1: Yes, that is good. In this context, too, I wanted to ask you about something, because I heard you teach on this one time. I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, My point was that God is always working. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be looking for that. Like David said, and I would have despaired unless I had believed mm-hmm. that I would see the goodness of God. So God's always at work. And I thought about the teaching that you did about the King always has one more, one move. more move. Can yes. you share that? The king has one more move? Yeah, I'd like a yeah. little story behind it. Oh,
0: that was a great story. What it was is it was back in the 1800s. Don't ask me the people's names, the artist's name because I do not know, but an artist was real distraught with God and he in his own life and he felt like the enemy was going to win. He he had he, painted he, the picture. he painted a picture of the chess match because he was distraught with the Lord and he had Satan sitting on one chair and a man was sitting on the other chair. And Satan says with a smirk on his face, he has on their checkmate. And there's a chess board in front of them and it just says checkmate. Mm -hmm. Well, a renowned chess player was in this museum and saw the painting and stood in front of it for a while. And he stopped and I got chills just thinking about it. He stopped and got the owner of the place and said, this painting is wrong. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, the king has one more move. Mm. And that king's move was going to give the win to the man. Mm. Over Satan. Over Satan. Yeah. So the king has one more move. Yeah. And then I did a whole thing on how King Jesus has one more move over our lives. It It was
1: so good. (laughs) But that really, to me, illustrates this verse. I would have despaired... Unless I had, had believed the that the king had another one move, move. <laughs> That's and, good. and that the king always has another move. Yes. So there's always reason to hope and know that God's working, even yes. when we can't see it. The
0: king has one more move. We don't oh, need I to be in despair. No, we don't. I forgot about that. I need to make that line, just that line alone on my bathroom mirror. The king yeah. has one more move. I need yeah. to put that on my bathroom mirror. So that's good. No, that's good. I forgot about that. All right. Your all turn. right. I got one. It's good to tell the context of where they're coming mm. from. She's been doing a phenomenal job with that. And I did not do that. I pulled out the scriptures that I stand on and
1: well, that's, okay. that's it. Yeah. I didn't have it's the Sometimes background. the context isn't all that. Well, it's important. good to have it though. That's, okay.
0: So this one's taken, this one's taken. <laughs>
1: I accept your compliment.
0: It's the way you said it. Okay. Here's, this is from Joel225. And I looked real quick and looked at what was happening. In the book of Joel, and in this part, they're in a major battle, blow the trumpet in Zion. And he talks about this battle and so much is going to be lost. So again, this is why I choose these things, because there's always a battle. There's a battle <laughs> somewhere, but there's always an answer to the battle. This part, you'll have to read the whole part of that, because I don't want to read the whole thing. It's actually very, very, very good. But it gets down to the deliverance promised. So even though there's this battle, blow the trumpet in Zion, call a mighty assembly, the Lord is coming. That is what they're blowing the trumpet for. And we know that a lot of people use this scripture as when Christ comes back, blow the trumpet in Zion. Mm-hmm. But I looked at this and kind of zipping through, why would he put this in there unless there was going to be a restoration of a promise? Okay. And so in this fight and in this time, I will drive it into the parched desert land. I'm going to do all these things is what God says. And this is the favorite, Joel 2.25. I have stood on this. I say it out loud, even to this day. I feel like I've wasted some years. I feel like I allowed too much drama in areas of my life as a young person, even as a teacher. And even as I got older, I think we always allow drama somewhere. And I feel like that's the places I may have wasted some years. Mm. And it says here, Joel 2.25, I will restore the years that the locust has eaten. So whatever has eaten up that part of your life that you feel like you could never get it back, mm-hmm. he says, I can restore it. And he says, and you will praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has worked wonders for you. Mm. And that is one of my go-to scriptures all the time saying, Lord, you said you would restore the years that the locust has eaten. So even though I've been responsible for some of those Poopy years, excuse my, <laughs> I was going to say crappy, <laughs> and then wanted. I said poopy. Um, and now years. you just said crappy. <laughs> <laughs> I take full responsibility of the years that I may have caused. Then there's the years that man can cause mm-hmm. over our lives. And then there's years that the Lord allows because he's teaching us and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I have asked him for the years to be restored. And then I throw out my age and say, (laughs) I don't know how you can restore this, but you could do such a a fun thing. And it would be the coolest story that I could ever have.
1: (laughs) So anyway, does this involve a man? uh, uh, Yeah, sometimes, (laughs) but yes,
0: but it doesn't, it doesn't like, you know, I'm really content in my singleness. So it's really not that. I like, or I am at, I do not pray anymore for that. I just Mm. don't. It's not something that I think about all the time. I I just, actually, don't think about it hardly at all. But I think that when we ask the Lord to restore the years, I feel like I still have so many more years to speak life and speak mm-hmm. the gospel and be in people's lives and be able to minister to people and all of that. So I'm asking him to restore those kind of years uh-huh. that I may have not been doing what I was called to do. And so, and, and I ask him to restore the years that the locust has eaten and that is stolen. And that I told him, I said, you know, that I will praise the Lord, my God, who has worked wonders. That scripture I go to all the time.
1: So what would it look like? What do you think it means to restore the years? Because you're not going to actually get the time back. No, correct. But you know, that I think is what is
0: so awesome about the Lord. Okay. Let me give you one thing here. I just went to a women's conference over the weekend and Tammy Trent was there. She's the one who, incredible story. And she lost her husband after 11 years. They dated for seven years. Then they we married for 11 and they're in their early thirties. And he was big into scuba diving, but it wasn't scuba. It was something else. And he was going into a lagoon and he said, I'll be back up in five minutes or whatever. And never came back up and he drowned. And she was devastated. I saw her, the women of faith. I think I talked about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I'm seeing her now, 21 years later, it happened at the same time of 9-11. Mm. And so that's 21 years. So when I'm looking at her and listening to her this past weekend, The Lord has restored the years. It didn't have to be marriage. Mm -hmm. She has not married again. She said she was open to it, but it's not something that she's pursued. She goes, I don't think about it. She's very fulfilled in her life. I saw her. In the very beginning of those years when he was first gone, mm-hmm. she was still just devastated. Yeah. When she was explaining the story, she was sobbing and I, just I saw devastated. Her then yes. Too. Okay, mm-hmm. so now 21 years later, the Lord has restored. The so years. the
1: restoration, do you think maybe it just looks like that he brings you to a place of so much contentment and peace yes. and fulfillment yes. that you look back on those times and it doesn't have that same pain? Yes,
0: yeah, correct.
1: Is that yeah, what the restoration that's is? That's what
0: restoration looks like. Yeah.
1: It's not like we get a big do over all the time <laughs> No, correct. in the same exact thing, right. but he yes. heals. He heals. Yes, yeah.
0: And obviously I'm not going to have kids out of my womb. He could do it another way. And he has, uh, we've talked about this a million times. I have spiritual kids all over the world mm-hmm. and I have my nieces and nephews who I always have. Um, so he's just restored mm-hmm. and I am praising the Lord, my God who has worked wonders. I like my life. <laughs> so I'm just saying that is a scripture that people could truly stand on, that He will restore the
1: years. And it really goes hand in hand with the one that I just shared about, I would have despaired unless I had believed yes. that I would see the goodness of the Lord.
0: Yes. And I can tell you also, and many people could tell you, and specifically my sisters, I was in great despair in my thirties mm. with this one issue. Great despair. And mm-hmm. now they see somebody different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's okay, cool. Okay, so there's that one. All right, the next one I'm going to share, it's a, actually a, a passage <clears throat> in Romans, and some of the verses I picked were because they're just favorites of mine for all the reasons that oh, we've yes. already talked about. And yes. then this one I picked because God used it in such a supernatural way at such a precise moment when I really, 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 really needed it mm. that I wanted to include that. And yes. I've told this story before and alluded to it several times. So I don't want to harp on that too much. But a long time ago, before we had kids, I was a youth director at a church and loved it, loved it, loved it. Then really, honestly, like a week after I started the job, I found out I was expecting a baby. I was like, well, okay, this is weird timing. But it turned out to be kind of cool because the kids all got excited about it and stuff. Four and a half months into the pregnancy, I went to a normal checkup. I hadn't detected any problems or hadn't been any problems and they couldn't get a heartbeat. Turned out the baby had died. So that was really my first experience with a major, major grief mm-hmm. or a major disappointment, mm-hmm. I guess, in God. I kind of had a naive view, I guess, that, well, if I'm serving the Lord and I'm following Him, He's not going to let anything terrible happen Mm -hmm. to me. I don't know why I would think Mm -hmm. that, because you look around, you see hard things happening all the time to God's people that really hadn't been a Christian that long, just maybe three years, I guess. And, And so this was a real blow to my theology, as well as just obviously physically and emotionally. So I had to stay in the hospital a couple of days and I was so worried as I got ready to go home that somehow this was gonna really mess with my head. And here I was responsible to minister to these group of wow. kids mm-hmm. that was probably my biggest fear is it may seem stupid that that yeah. was the thing i was worried about i thought but lord i can't let anything come between me and you yes because i need to be on my a game yeah. you know no, for the kids yes. and they're not going to understand sure. grief and i don't want to do anything that's going to hurt their faith mm-hmm. even if my faith was rattled no, you know right. everything's about them
0: at that age anyway yeah you know what i mean right. so, Oh, yeah. i know yeah.
1: yeah i was afraid that this was going to just really mess my head up. And then I would fail them is what I was thinking. The first morning that I was at home, I sit down with my Bible. And so I'm just gonna open my Bible and see where it opens. It was Romans 8. Mm. And, you know, seeing as how one of my big fears was that this was going to somehow drive a wedge between me and God, because I totally didn't understand how yes. he could let this happen to me. Yes. So Romans 8, 35 through 39 is mm. what I read that morning. And it says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword just as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. That's wow. that's kind of how I felt. Yes. We were regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Mm. But listen to this, starting in verse 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Yeah, it was just um, a really powerful word just at at the right time. And what did it do for you? In in one sense, it just was like, God, you're here. I mean, you see Mm -hmm, me. mm -hmm. I I guess that's the biggest thing. It was like that was so spot on to my biggest fear at that time Mm -hmm. that no, I'm not going to let this get between you and me. You know, nothing can separate us. That was the the big take home. But I sat down with my guitar that day and I wrote a song from that scripture and sang it the next next Sunday at church. Wow. And another cool thing was that the hymn, we were going to a Baptist church then, so, you know, it was hymns. The hymn right before that was, It Is Well With My Soul. Oh, my. I know. And then I got up and shared the story of the song. Of course, everybody knew what had happened. Wow, that probably really ministered to many yeah. I mean, there were a lot of tears wow. <laughs> going on, but I wanted God to be able to redeem yeah, sure. that and to let the kids know.
0: And I'm sorry, how far away was that after the miscarriage?
1: It was the next the, week. Then the following week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that verse has always really been powerful That's very in my big. life.
0: Okay. All right. You got another one? I have one more. Okay. I figured this is good to end with too. Yeah. Because it's a prayer. Okay. And something that I always do, and I can say this without a shadow of a doubt, I pray over myself the word of God. Yes. Which we should do. Yes. I know I've said it before, John 17, you should pray over yourself. It's Jesus talking to the Father about us. And it's a very, very good scripture. So I just put every time he says we or they, I put my name. What I was doing for many years, and it's from Ephesians, and this is Ephesians 1. I feel like this is a great way to end, unless you had something else to end with.
1: No, 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 no. In fact, it's funny you mentioned, just thinking through these episodes we were doing, that I thought about writing a prayer based on every scripture oh, yeah. you know, that oh, that's we talked about. Cool. I didn't yes. do it because of, of time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, really, you can pray any scripture yes over yourself you can yes. turn it into a prayer somehow yes, absolutely so yes those are powerful yes
0: yes but i have spoken this over my life ephesians 1 15 to 23 i did that all the time and i did another one from colossians and i would pray that prayer over my life all the time because it's a prayer it just starts off for this reason i too have heard of the faith in the lord jesus And then I would start in verse 16, Lord, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. I pray, Lord, that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the true knowledge of you. And I would just pray those. And I'm telling you, I had wisdom and revelation and the true knowledge of him. Mm -hmm. I would just get it Mm -hmm. because I was asking for it and I was asking for it in that prayer. So again, that's Ephesians 1 verse 17 I pray that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the true knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of my heart may be enlightened, so I will know what is the hope of His calling. Mm -hmm. And then there was one, let me do this real fast, and then I'll read this one last prayer over everybody, and it'll include all of us. And this is one that I pray, I memorized it, the one that I'm going to give you, and I think I missed this thing. (laughs) Where's Colossians? Oh, here it is. It's Colossians 1, 9. It's another prayer. And it talks about, for this reason, since I heard of you, I have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with a knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And you can just pray that over your life. Mm You're right. We can pray all scriptures over our lives. Or the lives of other our people. Our friends. Are you kidding? Yeah. And my friends and my family, how often I have prayed over them. Mm-hmm. And then this one here that I'm going to do. So those are two that I used to always do. And then this was the third one. All right. So the, you want this to
1: be the closing prayer? This is the closing
0: prayer. All right. This is over all of us. Yeah. This comes from Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 20. And instead of saying me, because it says you in the scriptures. And I always say me because I make it personal, but I'll go back and say you because this is for all of us. Okay. Okay. So here it goes. For this reason, I bow my knee before the father of whom heaven and earth derives its name, that he would grant us according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with all power through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our heart through faith and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the depth and length and height and breadth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all understanding, that we may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks for joining us today. If this podcast encouraged you, it might encourage someone else too. So please share it and share some hope.